The following is a hoop ball presentation. Rockin' and rolling on a lovely Thursday, everyone. Warming up out here in the West Coast. I don't think that's the case everywhere, but it's weird to wake up and... I don't know. We're not going to get into how sweaty your podcast host is on today's show, or will we? See how many people I can get to turn off the thing before we even get started. This is Fantasy NBA Today, everyone. I am your host, Dan Bespris. Big Wednesday in the rear view. I want to start today's show again by reminding you of two things... First, I talked about it at great length on yesterday's podcast. It's odds boost day with our buddies over at mybookie.ag. There is a $25 bet you can make that is a guaranteed win. It is not a promo bet, meaning there are no rollover requirements. This is not you know, fake bucks that a lot of online sites, oh, yeah, you got this free play, but all you got to do is bet it 55 times before you can cash it out. No, this is an actual take your cash, make a $25 bet. It will win because the bet is will anyone score in the Dodgers-Rockies game coming up in a couple hours today. It's a midday start, by the way, so you got to do this quickly. You get your 25 bucks, you win your extra 25 and then it's just in your bank account. It's in your MyBookie account. You can cash it out if you want that very next moment, or you can let it ride and play something else. Either way, it's $25. If you're not getting it, you're just leaving $25 on the sidewalk. If you already have a MyBookie account, this whole process will take you maybe two minutes, and that's only because pages take 15, 20 seconds to load sometimes. So just click something, go do something else, come back, just check on it once in a blue moon. Like, the actual stuff you have to do probably takes eight total seconds. I know some of us make a lot of money in eight seconds. Most of us don't make $25 every eight seconds. So go do this. If you don't have an account, make sure when you open one at mybookie.ag, you use promo code HOOPBALL so they know who sent you, so they know who sent you to go take their $25 away. You're going to have to make a deposit, obviously. You need to put some money in the account to make your $25 odds boost bet. But okay, that whole process will probably take you three actual minutes to open up an account. It'll take you another two, three minutes to make your deposit. So, okay, fine. Your $25 takes you, let's call it 10 minutes in that instance. Still pretty good. You're still making $150 an hour at that particular salary. So you're doing all right there. So do it. All of you should do it. It's good everywhere in North America, U.S., Canada. Uh, as far as I know, we had some questions about where it's good elsewhere. It's in other countries also. I just don't know precisely which one. So please join us on that MyBookie Odds Boost. I tweeted out a picture of me placing the bet yesterday because I wanted you guys all to know that this is something I am doing, and I'm not trying to get you guys to... Do something weird or anything. It's 25 free dollars, basically. This is how they get you to go to the website. But you, we all, we have discipline. We're disciplined. We're going to make our $25 bet. We're going to take that money, and we're going to put it in our pocket. Because that is how you do it. The other thing I want to remind you guys of before we dive into the recap is it's recruiting season here at Hoop Ball. Once again, 
We did some nice recruiting in January, and you guys turned out in record numbers. We're doing it again right now because we have openings uh, at all places because we want to get folks into the pipeline here at HoopBall. We want folks to get their foot in the door and start moving up the ladder. So we got a spot. We got spots, I should say. Manning the Fantasy Newswire, the full-season Fantasy Newswire. That's the blurb shifts. We have spots on our DFS team, which is awesome. Those guys, Mike and Santino, those guys are running a hell of a ship, uh, a rapidly growing podcast. Like, that podcast is that podcast is barely a little over a year old, and it's just dominating, racking up so many downloads. It's crazy. So just a, an awesome opportunity to get in, get your feet wet, uh, really bust your butt, and, and get on to shows where you can kind of start to make a name for yourself. And then, if you're someone out there that's thought about, you know what? What would my life be like if I was covering an NBA team? That's a team coverage unit here at HoopBall. That is rapidly expanding. We're sort of changing the way we do things here. It's a heavy lift, man. You can't cover a team and just sort of half-butt it. But either way, whatever you're thinking about there, hit me up. At Dan Vespers on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. We'll be tweeting out recruiting notes. This is a big push for us here at HoopBall. As we roll into the month of April, baseball season is here. Big Wednesday. We had a lot of games we were watching closely, as evidenced by our uh, relatively long preview section on yesterday's podcast. I don't want to spend too much time on on any one ball game. I I know that that's sort of my thing to get lost in the weeds on this stuff. But let's really focus on the things that matter. So, for instance, we don't really need to talk about Portland. They're a predictable lot right now. Yusuf Nurkic moving towards the bigger minute center job, but he's pretty much stuck at about 20, 21 minutes per game. We'll hear about it when his minutes cap gets lifted to presumably 24 is the next note. And at that point, you start to look about moving on from Ennis Cantor, but not yet, as we talked about already. Detroit, the far more interesting fantasy story in this game. Still no Dennis Smith Jr. Heaven forbid he actually gets back out on the court. There's just there's room for days for him to take the point guard job and and run with it and dominate. So the second, I mean the moment you hear about him even being upgraded from out to doubtful, I think you have to pick him up because that means he's probably one to two games out. And I mean, this, we saw what he was doing during that week and a half that DeLon Wright was out or two weeks, I guess, with his groin thing. Dennis Smith Jr. triple doubled in there. Big steals numbers, huge rebounds, assists. Like he was a really interesting fantasy asset and he wasn't as terrible in percentages as he was two or three years ago. Growth. We like growth. However... He's not back yet. He's not seemingly all that close to back yet. So we're just going to go with what we see in front of us, which is Sadiq Bey, who's been very good, fouled out in 25 minutes, just had a brutal game, got completely obliterated by Rob Covington's defense, and he'll be better in the next one. Isaiah Stewart still is stuck behind Mason Plumlee, who had another good ball game, so keep rolling with him. Jeremy Grant finally bounced back from a horrendous shooting slump. That's a good sign. And then the most interesting notes on this ballgame, Hamadou Diallo with his second consecutive good one, kind of in my eye, too. He made all three of his free throws. That's the thing that worries me with him. He's a high-volume 60% foul shooter where, you know, when he has a game like this, if he makes all three of his foul shots, he could put up some really big numbers, especially on a young team where he can just step in and grab whatever usage he wants. 
Not that it was even all that high in this particular ball game, but you know he makes the case now. And I said I think on yesterday's pod he's a must-add guy in points leagues. This probably vaults him into must-add in category leagues as well. And certainly with Detroit kind of wanting to see what they have, this is a guy they're going to give some run to and a little bit of leash to go try stuff. Really, we can see he he knows how to pass. He knows how to rebound. He's not usually going to hit two three-pointers. That's not his M.O. Steals and blocks are fine. Unspectacular, but fine. There's a lot of things to like. A few things that are frightening about his fantasy game, which is why, you know, again, the points league stuff is just an obvious one because his three-pointer lack thereof and bad foul shooting doesn't really impact either way that it would if you were trying to win either of those categories in a head-to-head or roto league. But we're, we're splitting hairs here. He's an ad in uh, probably all formats at this point, just to kind of see how it plays out. And if he's atrocious at the free throw line, well, you're stuck with it. You're stuck with it. Or you bench him. Either way. Miami-Indiana was an ugly ball game. We just got confirmation on a few things. Trevor Ariza is not someone we need to be worried about. Victor Oladipo still hasn't played. Duncan Robinson starting to warm up a little bit. And, you know... Whose job is Victor Oladipo taking on this team? Is it going to move Goran Dragic back to your bench gunner role? That would be my guess. And they might kind of go point guardless. Let's make Jimmy Butler sort of a small forward point guard in the first unit. I have to think that Oladipo arriving costs people shots. Indy is uh, not interesting. I guess the only footnote on Indiana is that uh, Justin Holiday's been trending down hard lately, and the question is, is this a slump? I know this shooting slump here is certainly one, or is it just kind of too many mouths to feed right now where he just needs a little bit more to do? He hasn't really lost many minutes, although he did, I guess, play a little bit less in this, this ball game. Doug McDermott came back and got kind of warm. It's something to keep an eye on. We've been able to ride Justin Holiday the entire season at this point, like... A full three and change months of strong production. He's, I think, top 60 by totals on the year. So that is that is legitimately a valuable basketball player. But if he's not going to be good, if he's going to be a top 130, 140 kind of guy now, then we need to stay in front of him. Can't just close our eyes and keep trotting him out there. I'm going to keep using him for the next little bit, but he is he's on red alert here. Houston was actually in front in this ballgame with Brooklyn until midway through the third quarter, and then they got outscored by about 20 the rest of the way. Christian Wood was back, and that moved Kelly Olynyk to a 25-minute bench roll, you know, at which he has excelled in the past in Miami, but we've also seen him disappear in 25-minute bench rolls. So if you added him as sort of a potential streamer with benefits, you probably hang on here on limited games formats. You just keep rolling him out there. Roto, I'm sticking him on the bench in a games cap format just to kind of see how it goes. John Wall missed this one with a knee issue, so Kevin Porter slid down to point guard, missed three free throws and didn't have any defensive stats. And there's going to be nights where his fantasy limitations take center stage. And this was really one of them. The free throws in particular were crushing. But if he's a point guard on this team playing starters minutes, then he is absolutely a must-start guy. And then Daniel House who, to me, I mean, he had a good ball game, but he's really more streamer-level guy. This is the upper crust of what he can do, whereas with a guy like Jay Sean Tate, this was actually kind of the lower crust of what he can do. And yes, this pizza has crust on all sides. 
Brooklyn lost James Harden partway through to a tight hamstring. They haven't listed it as anything beyond tightness, so hopefully he's not out for too long. Hammies are a little bit weird, and Brooklyn is uh, destroying everybody, so there's a very real chance that he misses a game or two. If he does, Kyrie Irving Joe Harris are going to go nuts. You're also going to see them ask more of some of the other guys. Nick Claxton will probably do a little bit more because Harden is a big rebounder out of that point guard, shooting guard spot. This opens up a lot of boards for everybody else. Blake Griffin had three defensive stats. I wouldn't expect that sort of thing in 22 minutes of ball game. LaMarcus Aldridge has yet to join the team. That'll put a squeeze back in the front court again. So I think the guys that you're hoping you have on your roster are Kyrie and Joe Harris, because, again, mega boost coming here if Harden has to miss a ball game. Dallas got out to a big lead, ended up kind of hanging on to beat the Celtics, made a push late, although kind of a too little too late thing. Uh, the only note I have on the Dallas side, I don't care that Jalen Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith had better ball games. I don't, I don't trust them. They shot the ball really well in a low-usage role. The guy that is, still continues to intrigue me is Josh Richardson, who was really one, or one shot away from having a pretty good ball game. Eight, six, and four, two threes and a block. If you give him a steal and one more made field goal, you're talking about 10, 6, and 4, two threes, one steal, and one block. That's a good fantasy line, and he continues to get overlooked. He played 39 minutes in this game, guys. He is their locked-in shooting guard. So I like Jay Rich these days. I, you know, I gave him a hard time earlier in this year. I think a lot of it was fit. Some of it was COVID stuff, but he's been... Not great last couple of weeks. I'm not going to deny that. But even not great Jay Rich right now, because of the number of minutes he's playing, his floor now suddenly moves up to where his overall rank was earlier this year, which is like 135, 140. And if he gets hot, his ceiling is actually more like top 50, top 60 kind of stuff these days. So maybe you catch him on the right end of it. Celtics had Robert Williams scratched at the last minute, so they trotted out like a basically a five-guard lineup for stretches in this ballgame, and it didn't go great for them trying to guard Luka and KP. <laughs> That's all I got for you on that front. Evan Fournier played 31 minutes. That's a good thing. Uh, I don't think he's getting that many minutes when their front court is healthy, though. I mean, they, they went real small. Toronto, Oklahoma City. Oh, boy, the Raptors. Jeez, man. Losing to the Zombie Thunder by 10. You make all the excuses you want. That is that is hideous. They shot 39%. 39% against the Thunder. There's just no excuse for that. However, from a fantasy standpoint, this is interesting because Kyle Lowry got ruled out, ruled out for a week to a week and a half with a... Uh, Sore foot, I believe. Sore toe, something like that. Uh, and that just frees up usage for everybody. Gary Trent Jr. took 22 shots in this ball game, And I have, I have many thoughts on Gary Trent. And I want to actually come back to him at the end of the, this very brief Raptors discussion. Freddie Van Vliet had nine defensive stats in this ballgame. OG Ananobi is going to be a monster stud with no Kyle Lowry in there. And, and Pascal Siakam should be better in their next one. Got some questions about dropping Chris Boucher. You can't do it. He needs to figure out how to get himself in the right spot on defense, but even when he plays low minutes, he's still posting some fantasy value, so you got to stick with it there. But Gary Trent Jr., 31 points, six three-pointers, but in 36 minutes on the court, two steals, two rebounds. That was the only other 
stats he had besides scoring. Three balls and scoring, which all, to me, kind of roll into one bucket. And therein lies the rub on Gary Trent Jr. He doesn't do anything besides shoot. He's a wonderful points league ad, and we've talked about that before because he's seemingly going to play quite a bit and and get plenty of shots in a pretty fast pace and bombs away kind of Toronto offense. Rodney Hood actually hurt himself again. I mean, that's I really I, we should talk about Rodney Hood when he's not hurt. Dude has been hurt for about three straight years. So yeah, if you were worried about that, well, you know, we haven't talked about him at all. Stanley Johnson got hurt in this ball game as well. We don't even really know what the hell was going on with him. But it doesn't matter. Gary Trent's gonna play a bunch of minutes, and he's gonna take a bunch of shots. But you can't you can't survive on two rebounds and two steals, because if he got, takes twenty two shots in a ball game and he makes six of them instead of what do you have here? Twelve? Yeah, twelve for twenty two. If you take away half away half of his makes and suddenly he's at 15 points, two boards, and two steals. That's not a good line. That's still actually an okay points league line, but that's terrible in nine cat. And I, that's t- I think that really defines what he is fantasy wise. He's a points league darling. Meanwhile, the Thunder are all sorts of stories right now. Uh, no Ty Jerome for this game, so Theo Maladone got to play almost 33 minutes as the starting point guard. Missed almost every shot he could find. Two for 16. It, no, excuse me. Three for 16? Yeah, three three for 16, I think. 11 points, uh, seven rebounds, and six assists. That that all seems fine. Steal, block, two, three-pointers. I think you can probably stream him if you get word that Ty Jerome misses any additional action, and you can almost stream him anyway if you need point guard stats and aren't that worried about the field goal percent thing. Isaiah Roby had 17 and 10, so he was actually pretty good again. Second game in a row, he's been solid. No Alexey Pokashevsky. He was on the health and safety protocol list for this ballgame. So that really opens things up for Isaiah Roby because Moses Brown is your center. Moe's 20 and 12 with a block, 6 out of 10 shooting, 8 for 9 at the free throw line. This is your moment once again, ladies and germs. We knew there was going to be a game coming up where he wasn't horrible at the free throw line. And by the way, you can breathe again because if he takes 9 free throws, generally that means he's going to poo on him for you. Uh, but he didn't in this ball game. 20 and 12 with the block. Good percentages all the way across the board. Go see if you can move him. Go see if you can get someone in the top 50 for Moses Brown immediately. And then also of note, and you know this has to do with Lou Dort still being in the concussion protocol, but Svi Mikhailuk played 35 minutes and had 22, 9, and 2 blocks. And if you think that's going to happen again, well, you are a saucier man than I. He's worth keeping an eye on, but uh, I do think that when Dort is healthy, they will play him again. And so you you probably can't rely on that for very long, and honestly, I don't think I'd rely on it at all. What are the odds he gets nine rebounds and two blocks in a game again ever? Knicks lost to Minnesota. Oops. The Wolves suddenly, you know, with Malik Beasley coming back and Jaden McDaniels starting to solidify himself as their real power forward... Wolves aren't horrible right now. On the Knicks side, Nerlens Noel, Taj Gibson went into a timeshare today, and Nerlens just wasn't all that good, but he'll be fine. He's the starter. Generally, he's the guy that will play the extra minutes in a tight ballgame. This is sort of like a worst-case scenario for Nerlens, and then you saw the best case the last couple of games where he was very good. 
No Derrick Rose. I thought that meant maybe a little bit more Alec Burks, but he wasn't very good here either, so maybe his streaming run has kind of run out because Alfred Payton was a little bit better. No, you're not adding him, by the way. Reggie Bullock is the guy, if you really are thinking deep about an ad, Reggie Bullock is the guy that you could consider on this New York side because he is the starter and he will log the giant minutes provided he's healthy enough to do so. Prior to his uh, knee injury that kept him out for a couple of games late last week, he had played 36, 47, and 31 minutes. He also had a 42 in there. Like, yesterday was 39 minutes. And he's never going to rack up big-time fantasy stats. But since his minutes moved into that, what you could call the uh, Nick Nurse, Tom Thibodeau area, where almost no other teams are willing to play their guys, he's hit a lot of three-pointers. Excluding the game coming back from the knee injury, where he only logged 22 minutes, in the the previous, I guess it'd be the six games leading up to his injury, he had four, five, three, six, two, and three threes, and then he had two in yesterday's loss in Minnesota. He was averaging right around four-ish rebounds over that stretch, about two assists, and a little over one steal per ball game. So he is very much your 3ND option, who is... The reason he actually becomes a very safe 3 and D option is because he's going to play more minutes than anyone else on planet Earth under Tom Thibodeau. He's top 90 over the last two weeks. Uh, that includes that very poor game uh, where he went for 3-3 three and three coming back from injury. Uh, top 130 over the last month, and that includes a bunch of games where he's playing about 28 minutes per night. So if that 28 becomes 30 Well, he's in the mid-30s right now. If he's playing 35 minutes a game, he's inside the top 100. But you have to need the stats, which is, again, 11-12 points, three threes, four boards, two assists, 1.2 steals, something like that. That's a useful fantasy line, but he's... It's not unique. It's useful, but not unique. I think that's a good way to phrase it, actually. On the Wolves' side... We got a report that D'Angelo Russell might be about one week away. He's actually participating in practice now, finally... When he comes back, that's going to probably hurt everybody, really, because he's not the world's greatest passer. He is ball-dominant, but he's also better offensively than uh, Ricky Rubio and anyone else that they're bringing off the bench easily. Much as I don't really think D'Angelo Russell is that great of a basketball player, he is better than a lot of the guys they've been trotting out. On the Jaden McDaniels front, this was sort of the backwards game. I was like, hey, we need some rebounds out of this guy because all he's doing is blocking shots and getting you like 12 points a night. Well, the rebounds weren't really there in this one, but the defensive stats went away, and he hit four three-pointers again. I, I have mixed feelings on, on Jaden McDaniels. I, I still am not entirely convinced that he can be uh, a startable fantasy asset the rest of the way. There, there's just You have to carve out such a particular niche on this team, which is basically the you're not going to get any shots niche. That said... He's shooting 59% with two threes, two blocks over his last three or four ball games, and you have to take note of that when it's happening. So right now, at least while he's hot and bombing away from downtown, he probably should be in your lineup. Stream away, and then understand that, you know, he had some games in there where he was playing 27, 28 minutes, and he really wasn't doing anything. That could creep back into the mix. He's not going to hit four threes on 50 to 60% shooting most nights. Uh, 
But he's an ad for now. He's an ad. Stream away. Hope it's the the good stuff sticks. Hope the usage is high enough. Because I don't, you know, I don't think he's going to average two blocks a game the rest of the way either. Good though he may be defensively, you know, two blocks is a pretty damn high number. Finally, you put a real sample size on this stuff, and it and it likely goes away. I'd have him pegged rest of this season. He's going to play thirty some odd minutes a game. Uh, I'd, I'd probably put him in the top 100 range. I think that's pretty achievable, and that's not bad. That's a 12-team guy. That's a 10th rounder. 9th rounder, sorry. Utah-Memphis, Mike Conley had a big ball game. Jordan Clarkson, back to being cold, but he did take a ton of shots, so I guess he got something there. Uh, Grizzlies did play better here. This is the third time these two teams had met in the span of about a, a week, a little bit more than a week. Memphis made him fight for it. I'm very disappointed in DeAnthony Melton. He finally got his 22 minutes because there was no Grayson Allen, and he didn't capitalize on it. But I honestly don't care because if he gets 22 minutes every single night with no Grayson Allen, I'll start him every single night with no Grayson Allen because generally in 22 minutes, he's top 80 or better. Nothing else that I care about in this particular ball game. Sacramento finally lost, snapped a five-game winning streak on a back-to-back here in San Antonio or a rematch set. DeLon Wright, only 22 minutes, but did finally begin to assert himself a little bit. 16 points, three boards, three assists, two steals, and two three-pointers. This is why I'm hanging on. Because when he's on, he is a, a very strong fantasy player. He's top 50 as a starter. If that 22 minutes can be more like 24, 25, 26, then we're really starting to cook with some gas. And I'm also, I wonder, uh, you know, because the second half, was it not, was it just not going well enough? I don't know. They'll, they'll figure out the rotations a little bit. Terrence Davis played 21 minutes. That to me feels a little bit on the high side. And I've got to think that as guys kind of find their place, you probably do see a little bit more DeLon Wright. So hold where you can just to see how this thing shakes out. Nothing on the Spurs' side. Gorgie Jang played five and a half minutes and left with a shoulder strain, which seems to be the deal for buyouts right now, because Andre Drummond played 14 minutes, and then his toenail fell off. Ouch! There's a video, you can find it on the Twitters, going around of Drummond trying to signal to his training staff from across the whatever, because nobody's close to one another right now, like trying to pantomime that his nail came off. He said he's actually lost toenails before, but this one just hurt a ton. He couldn't play the second half. Uh, he'll he'll play at some point with a wrap, I'm sure. You're not going to wait for an entire nail to work its way back on. I actually don't know what the process is for helping somebody play a basketball game without a toenail. Their foot is throbbing, but I'm sure there's something they can do. So we didn't really get the data we needed out of this ball game. Kuz still played giant minutes. Drummond only had one rebound before he left, so he didn't have a chance to sort of take everybody out of their comfort zone so Dennis Schroeder was still solid Kuz was uh points league solid Montrez Harrell was fine and we rumble along and wait on news on what Drummond's actually going to do going forward and Milwaukee is a uninteresting fantasy team Chicago's an interesting fantasy team although less interesting because they were missing Zach Levine and Kobe White so we didn't really get that good of a look at what this team wants to do going forward Thad Young started at small forward, played 28 stellar minutes, 19, 10, and 4, with a steal. What are you going to complain about, I guess? Do we want two steals? Yeah, I think I want two steals. Um, 
Vooch, 24-10-3, two steals and a block. This is an opportunity for him to just sort of cut loose with no Zach Levine. But, we, you know, this team is going to be about working their pieces together. Sato still a kind of a low-end point guard with a good floor and a little bit of upside. He fouled out of this ball game. Nine points, three boards, seven assists, two steals. I think you probably, I mean, you have to like what we've gotten out of Sato since moving into the starting lineup. It's basically what we expected, which is right around the top 100 with a little bit of upside if he has a particularly strong assist week or something like that. He is a guy you can move on from if you don't need the stuff he's providing, which, you know, you're you're probably in you're probably in a punt threes format if Sato's a guy you're using heavily. I'm thinking, you know, you normally you expect some three balls out of your point guard and he doesn't really take any. You might even be in a points punt. It's not entirely clear. I mean, he's 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 definitely useful if you're if you're punting something. Good assist. The uh, this has been in the sort of five to eight range here over the last couple of weeks. That's not bad. And he's just he's not going to do more than this. This is what they want him to be in that starting lineup. So he's probably just outside the top one hundred uh, in a vacuum. And then you know the the turnovers actually have been the thing. They've been a little bit high lately. If those came down a tiny bit, that you'd see a change. But it, but he's he's the point guard. So anyway, I think you get my drift. And then with Phoenix, it's big old fat. Who cares again? One of those days where Dario Saric got hot. So DeAndre Ayton was the guy who just uh, took a little bit of a back seat. Uh, leaping straight forward once again, reminding you guys once again to get your twenty five dollar bet in over at mybookie.ag. Opening that new account with promo code Hoopball. This is an opportunity. It is just until the Dodgers-Rockies game starts today. So by the time you're listening to this, it's probably just a couple hours away or minutes away. Quickly, get your account open, make the deposit, and get and get your $25 bet in. Don't screw around. Do it now. MyBookie.ag, promo code HoopBall once again. Let's take a quick look at the seven-game Thursday. Not a, not a tiny Thursday card. Philly is at Cleveland. They're wrapping up. A long road trip. Man, I feel like we've been talking about Philadelphia on the road for weeks now. Yeah, this road trip started for them on uh, March 21st. So this is an 11-day road trip for the Philadelphia 76ers. It's a six-game roadie, and it's ending in Cleveland against a Cavs team that's going to be without all of their guys. I don't know, man. This this screams fatigue spot, but we'll see. Who knows? Um, they're just waiting on Joel Embiid at this point. Nothing of fantasy significance there. On the Cleveland side, you can stream the hell out of Isaiah Hartenstein right now because there's no Jared Allen and there's no Larry Nance. Allen, uh, concussion, Nance, non-COVID illness. Got himself a cold, just a regular old cold. Remember when that used to be a thing? You're like, oh, he's got an illness. Damn, but at least it's not an injury. And this year it's, oh, he's got a cold. Thank God. Washington at Detroit. Bradley Beal, questionable. Detroit. Well, we'll see. Hamadou Diallo, there's a a question mark as to whether he's going to play back-to-backs here the rest of the way. Uh, No update as of this moment on Dennis Smith Jr., but he hasn't been close to playing, so I'd be pretty damn surprised if he just popped up for this ballgame, which means you're probably getting another day of 28 minutes of orchestrator and primary guy Corey Joseph. Yeesh. 
You know, he's not awful for what Detroit is doing because they need kind of a stabilizer. Sacramento did not need someone to just slow things down for them. He was a terrible fit out there. Charlotte, Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, with Harden leaving yesterday's game with the hammy, it'd pretty, be pretty surprising to see him play here on the second half of the back-to-back. So get your Joe Harris's and Kyrie Irving's fired up in a big way. Power boost, afterburner style. Charlotte, uh... Nothing, really. Warriors, not much. I guess you can track James Wiseman's progress. Miami, sounds like Victor Oladipo will make his debut, and this is a lovely time to fade the heat because Oladipo's going to come in, and he's going to gum up the works here. That's what he's been doing all season long, especially in Houston, man. The inefficiency. Ugh, boof. Yeesh. But it is going to be interesting to find out how they distribute the basketball, what kind of usage they see from these guys. Uh, with a new high-level, high-usage guy. I, I, I shudder to use the word star in some of these spots. I think just refer to them as high-usage guys being integrated with a new team. It's usually not great for anybody, really. Orlando, well, they're constantly something to monitor. They just beat the Clippers. Now they roll into New Orleans. And we don't even really know what to expect. You know, Terrence Ross, I assume his minutes will be higher as he gets his, his knee back underneath him. He'll be taking 15 to 20 shots a night. Chuma Okiki's looked really good here over the last couple of weeks, or, or less. I guess the trade deadline was only one week ago. Dan, whew, get a hold of yourself. Trade deadline was exactly one week ago. Time is fleeting, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, elsewhere with Orlando, you know, the center three-headed monster is a thing. Michael Carter-Williams. I mean, I, you know, I guess you could stream him. I'd be more comfortable doing so in a league that doesn't track percentages. Pelicans, Lonzo Ball questionable. So maybe he's going to get his, his hip right and get back into this thing, which will pretty much take Nikhil Alexander-Walker out of the mix. Atlanta at San Antonio, they got a host of guys that are questionable. It sounds like John Collins is likely to miss this ball game. I think he's doubtful. DeAndre Hunter is still questionable. Now he's sat for about a week. The knee soreness flaring back up. Man, I really don't like that. Would love to see him get back into a game here really soon, or I'm going to start hitting the panic button. Spurs played last night. They That's a team that's looked real old on back-to-backs at points this year. But Atlanta's another team that's finished up a long road trip. They've been bouncing around all over the West Coast, too. And then Denver is in L.A. to take on the Clippers, who just lost to the Magic in between the Bucks and the Nuggets. So, I mean, that was your sandwich game, five games in seven days, so they did have a rest day now. Um, you know, this is interesting if only because the Clippers have a number of guys that have been on and off the shelf. Is Paul George going to be good enough to play? Will Rajon Rondo get in there at some point here soon? What's the deal with Marcus Morris? Is he not going to play back-to-backs? But he's been pretty good otherwise. Now, with Denver, we want to see what Aaron Gordon's going to do. So, you know, fantasy-wise, like most of the guys we're looking at are generally on rosters. Marcus Morris is probably not on every roster. Terrence Mann's been quite good filling in with, with a bunch of guys on the shelf for the Clippers. That's been pretty useful. Orlando's a spot where maybe something surfaces. That's worth monitoring. Detroit... And then Cleveland is in uh, big man streamer territory, but I don't know that anybody... I don't know we're making any calls on rest-of-season value there because, man, that city loves themselves some 
Larry time. And I don't think the Cavs want to tank. They're just bad. But they, like, they've been losing for way too long at this point. Like three straight years of being terrible. They, they don't, they, they're tired of it. So I don't think they're about to just rest Larry Nance. We're just not that, fu- like, I, you know, we're in April now. And so I, I think in our minds, there's this desire to say we're quite close to the end. But most teams still have 25 games left. We're about two-thirds of the way through the season, which, yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely on the downslope, but there are teams that are still sitting on 46 games played. They're not even two-thirds of the way through. So we're not that close. You know, we're not in that last seven games where you start to see guys just shut her down. I wouldn't worry about that kind of stuff just yet. And we'll keep this one a bit on the short uh, side today. We'll come back tomorrow, our Friday podcast. You guys know that's the big one. Uh, Full weekend review, weekend preview stuff. Uh, Today's show and and yesterday's too is really just about welcoming MLB and that free $25. Please, people, go get $25 for free. I don't know how many thousands of you are going to listen to today's podcast, but I would love to in my mind think, oh, I did a podcast and because of it, you know, $25,000, was just given to people because I found something on a website that we work with. It's not a secret. It's not like an Easter egg where you have to unearth it. It's there. It's just an offer, and we want to make sure that people see it's there. So please go to your existing MyBookie account or make a new one with promo code HoopBall and go get your 25 bucks on that Dodgers-Rockies game and play ball. It's fun. Baseball. It's back. And they'll have some people at ball games this year. Because, you know, outdoors, vaccines, all that kind of stuff. The slow plod towards normalcy. We'll get there. I am Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. Have a lovely Thursday, everyone. I'll talk to you guys on the Twitter. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.